By the way, guys, we're um, going to break form on this show, I think, a little bit. We're doing this for us, so you guys can hang out with us if you want to. Yeah, look, we we do shit for you every week. F*** off, it's our turn. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's where we're at, all right? If you don't like it, you know where door is. See you later. See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff today, we're going to do a good old-fashioned steroid Q&A. Plus, we've got some training questions in there, too. Uh, if you want to take part in the next show, comment below. We will tackle your questions then. Plus, all your comments and likes, that stuff is helping to boost our programming and the algorithm. Thank you guys very much for all that you do. So for this week, I've got timestamps below. If you want to skip around, we're going to talk about adding DECA to your TRT. We'll discuss the side effects of DECA and trend taken together. We're asked, do you need to donate blood if you run a testosterone cycle? Can you use insulin without growth hormone? How important is grip strength in bodybuilding? What do you do when you're losing reps on progressive overload? Does gear impact your immune system, and a bunch more. Guys, if you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring IFB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry that are all here to help you do better at the sport that we love. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossley. Dave's sitting up so official right now. He looks leaner. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. We are also brought to you by evalbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave if you're in the UK. If you're in the UK, you can also get a lot of great supplements from Strom Sports Nutrition. Check them out, especially if you're on cycle. Pick up some support, Max. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, supplementsource. Did I say supplement source? Did I say Strom? I'm getting confused. Strom Supplements in the UK supplementsource.ca yeah. in Canada. They don't have a Black yeah. Friday in Canada, but I bet they do have some Black Friday sales because everybody does right now. And uh, Strong doesn't. No, I saw that. I saw Rich said mm-hmm. he was like, all these companies that are basically shooting themselves in the foot by marking everything down so low is like the profit margins are already so small. He doesn't do a lot of deals, but I think the thing with Strom is that they already have kind of the best pricing they can right i I, the one thing i will say about strom is it's a fair price for a fair product it's value for money so i mean at that point then it's like you can't give stuff away then you're not really running a business anymore it's a charity but you're still paying taxes so there is that guys we're gonna gonna do q a today by the way straight up steroid q a Sorry, Dave, go ahead. I had someone ring me today and said, do you do discount for block bookings? I said, what number of block bookings you're talking about? She went, four. I went, no. So she went, oh, okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean four people? You know. What if I said 30? Good day. If I had a line of 30 bodybuilders lining out your door, Dave, would you give me uh, 5% off? 4% off? Hang on, I'm just working it out. I might just be able to squeeze 5%. Okay, okay, cool. I'll start lining them up. Anyway, guys, like I said, we've got a bunch of stuff today. Everybody really enjoyed our uh, Anivar profile last week. We we, we got requests. People were like, oh, my God, Winstrel's my favorite steroid. Do a profile on Winstrel. You know, and so I can see this snowballing. We'll take our time. We'll do another one of those the following week. But today we had so many questions to get out. We wanted to make sure that we tackled those first. Does that sound fair enough to you, Dave? 
You're lying. We have no questions. We're just bored and can't be asked to in a profile. <laughs> Dave, do- well, here's the thing. Dave doesn't know about Winstrel yet. He's gonna <coughs> he's gonna Google it after the show, and then from there he'll be ready next time we do a show, right? <laughs> there. How you like oh, that? Hey, it's what? <laughs> okay. Um, so listen, let's just jump right in, man, because there's so much stuff here. Scuba Steve, I'm about to get prescribed a testosterone and nethate and nandrolone mix. Um, what do you all think? What are y'all's thoughts about taking this for TRT? Now, this is an, this is an American thing, isn't it? Because you do not get that over here at all. You should, because that's, yeah. Land of the I, free, Dave. Land of the free. I... This will sound a little bit anal and a little bit picky and a little bit just twatty full stop. But fine, if it does, fuck you, I don't care. TRT stands for testosterone replacement. It is to replace your natural production with natural like levels. Yes, you can look at natural like levels from when you were 20, but it is still natural levels. The last I looked, the lady cells did not produce DECA. We have some DECA in uh, our bodies. We do. There's a little nandrolone in yeah, there. Yeah, about 150 yeah, milligrams every other day. Every, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of that today, you you prick. Um, I don't have an issue with anybody running what they want to run. What I have an issue with is trying to label it as something that it's not. So by describing stuff like test and nandrolone or test and primo as TRT, you give this impression that it's okay, perfectly natural, perfectly normal to run those drugs and those doses, and there's no necessary management. And that is just not simply the case. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna use different compounds, fine. Do what the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. But they need specialist management depending on the type of drug you're running. You know, nandrolone acts differently to test in the body. And yes, I know older guys, 50s and 55s and 60s that run a test base, correct TRT, and add a small amount of nandrolone, and it just helps them with information, and it just helps them with joints. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not TRT. It is a TRT with a little bit more. And and the only thing that bothers me is people watch this shit, people listen to this stuff, and and it's like now, 200 mega test and 100 mega primo, a lot of people just think, yeah, that's TRT. No, it's not. It's more. Yeah. And as a result of that, it comes with responsibilities in the sense of managing it and making sure you're right. Is there going to be long-term impacts from that? I don't know, is the honest answer. I don't know. It might be. I mean, we don't have any studies on people running 100 mega primo for five years. Um, the bit that concerns me is the low HDL. Um, <laughs> that could have some knock-on in four or five years' time. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But it's just, you know, just label them as they are. And then people, you know, well, yeah, I'm running a high test base, a little bit over range for TRT, and I've added this in as well for XYZ. Fine. Great. Yeah. But it's not TRT. Own, own it, I don't know is what you're saying. Own what you're actually yeah, doing. Yeah, I know, I, know uh, I know it sounds anal, and I know it sounds a bit fucking dickheadish, but I do have a bit of a bugbear with it because of what it sends out to everybody else hmm. they can and can't do. Well, and and if you have, I mean, because this is like the, the, the clinics 
are the places in the U.S. that you'll get this. It's not your family doctor in most cases. You might have a family doctor who's like, yeah, let's throw some, throw some deck at you. But for the most part, it's a clinic that, you know, and, and there is, I think, a level of like, hey, we are doing your lab work. You are completely okay. Um, you are completely managed. But yeah, I mean, you are taking a lot higher than what you need. I think that we just, I, I think you make a good point. We need to be just aware of that. doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You know, it's up to you at the end of the day. doesn't mean you shouldn't do five grams if you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, at the end of the day, it's up to you. But recognize what you're doing, I think, is what you're saying. I agree. Yes. All right. I agree. Well, let's move on then. We're getting some stuff in the live feed. Guys, by the way, uh, if you want to take part in the next show, comment below. We will do our best to take your questions then. Um, and, and by the way, if you're new here too, uh, be sure to subscribe, hit the bell, all that. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Dave and I record this show every Monday. Uh, oh yeah. So here no, we was, well, excuse no, we me. We record it, it every Tuesday. The show comes out every Tuesday, Monday. That's what I meant. Monday, Monday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So here was one of those examples. Uh, give us an episode for oral winstrel. We'll, we'll try to get to that one in the future. We will do another steroid profile. Uh, next week, let's see here. How about this guy? IDFA Danny says, currently running test 500, 150 milligrams of Trend Ace and having some issues with my with my strength outworking my recovery in tendon connective tissue strength. I decided to up, uh, I decided to add DECA. Um, <clears throat> these numbers are per week. I noticed within... Two weeks of the added DECA, a libido drop. Not affecting ability to get an erection, uh, but quite noticeable. It's not really a bad thing. Um, I was pretty rabid prior. Um, that said, my question is, would this be a prolactin issue building? I have used Tren at 300 with no caber or protective chemicals and experienced no negative side effects a few years back, but adding the DECA was something I was weary of due to stacking the common steroid family. So, deal with this in two parts. First part is if you are having tendon issues or that sort. So basically what he's saying is he's got stronger. I suspect he's probably chasing weight in the gym. Mm. I would be not saying that adding Decker is something you can't do. You can run 10 Decker together. It just makes it a little bit more awkward to manage it. That's all. But um, I would also look at possibly looking at the training, maybe changing rep tempos or form attributes to exercises so he's still moving low but he's moving it in a more controlled manner that's less abrasive on the joints and tendons so that would be one thing that's probably a huge factor it could well be prolactin but also deca does aromatize hmm. yes it's only 20 percent, but it might be the 20 percent that's enough to push you over the edge of having a problem hmm. so it could be either or uh, and I would be tempted to test to make sure because, you know, if you throw caber in there and it's not prolactin, then you're just going to tank your your prolactin and that will cause you problems as well. So for what it is for an estrogen and prolactin test, just run the bloody test and be sure. We have so many questions about TRT. <clears throat> I'm just kind of looking through everything. Um 
cycle question. If you do a cycle, a test, do you need to donate blood? And he says, maybe a silly question. Eh, you know what? No, there's no dumb no, questions. It's not easy. No. no. Well, there is. Trust me, there is dumb questions. Um, the dumb question is no. the one you don't ask, guys. I'd rather have you be educated uh, and have Dave make fun of you than not having asked and gotten hurt. I don't make fun of our viewers. I make fun of you. That's the difference. Mm, you've said some. You've no. Uh, okay. Oh, look, just because I'm open to say it on air and you say it off air behind the screen. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Son of a bitch. I'm not, I'm not taking this guy's question. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I throw it out. If you didn't get your question answered, that's what I said off the show. Um, blah, blah, blah. So you may need to. I mean, taking anabolics increases EPO and increases blood value. So he might great red blood cell um, hemoglobin. And if they get to a level that's problematic, then yes, you will need to donate blood. But it's person and dose specific. Cardio, I know we do a talk a lot about cardio just recently, but cardio does help to offset blood thickening to some extent. So keeping cardio in will help. But again, it's down to how much, how long, and the person individually. And But you may need it, yes. I mean, symptoms to look out for physical signs that your blood is getting thickening is a, a prolonged tiredness or lethargy that when you actually get to the gym and get going it dissipates and you feel energized um, you can get stuff like cramping in your extremities that's quite common particularly calves um, with with thick blood you can get high blood pressure a reduction yeah high bp which isn't always evidence but yeah you can get uh, <laughs> cognitive issues where you just feel a little bit fuzzy, not quite as sharp as you would normally be. All these sort of things can, can be signs of, of blood thickening. I heard a funny story when I was at Swiss. Uh, Dr. Eric Serrano, who was John Meadows' doctor, had talked about this cop that he knew who had gotten shot in line of duty, and he had been on gear. And he had lost a lot of blood. When they got him to the hospital and they stabilized him, you know, he wasn't short on blood. Like, he lost pints. And they're like, this is really strange. He still has plenty of blood left. Why Why is this? And so he's like, steroids saved his life. <laughs> he's kind of joking, but it was a good story, you know. I like that. Yeah. We had another one here. I guess this was pretty much the same thing. But he says uh, his, his uh, high hematocrit and hemoglobin is elevated, compounded by sleep apnea, which that's what you noticed in yourself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, any any oxygen-restrictive problem, be that COPD, you know, a chest infection, sleep apnea, altitude, oxygen-restrictive training, will all increase blood thickening. It will all increase hemoglobin levels. Yeah. Uh, from a point of view of supplementation, IP6, uh, usually at two grams a day, and natokinase, but I'm not sure on a dosing for that, I'm afraid. Um, Strom are quite unique. They've brought a supplement out directly aimed purely at lowering thick blood, which really? is... Uh, yeah, Thrombomax is called. Okay, i got to look into that. Hmm. The only thing I don't know at the moment is dosing related to effect. Okay. So yeah. it's like I'm 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 pretty afraid that when you do a blood test, how much it's gonna lower your levels. Yeah. What I don't know is 
how effective the supplements are in knowing your levels. So I can't say take X amount for X amount of time to get this sort of effect because I just don't know at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'll keep watching Bloods and, and keep listening to what people are saying about what they're doing and see if I can get some sort of data on a pattern. I wonder, I'm going I'm to ask Richard Foster, maybe he'll send me a voice memo back by the time that we're done with the show. Um, it's called Strombo Max. I have seen that there. I'll say something like this. Throm thrombo. Thrombo. Oh, I said that S because I'm thinking of Strom. No, thrombo. No, thrombo as in thrombo. thrombocytis. Thrombomax. Okay. Hey, Richard. Uh, we are, David Stanley Crossland and I are recording Drugs and Stuff podcast right now. And David mentioned Thrombomax. It doesn't start with an S. It starts with a T. Um, have you seen people lower like how how much of a hematocrit drop have you seen with that say given in like a you know a 30-day period of time if you can respond back to me with a voice memo i'm going to play that voice memo on the drugs and stuff podcast was that was that good no shit so i i remember that you know earlier this year i was going to run a cycle i got my blood tested my hematocrit was like 57 point something. And I, my TRT was legit at the time. And it was due to my lungs aren't functioning as well as they used to after I'd gotten the C word. And um, after following Dante's suggestions, I've mentioned this on the show before, I did as much cardio as I could, which for me, I hadn't been doing cardio. So I did like 30, 40 minutes a day. Sometimes I do a double session. I removed vitamin C because the vitamin C helps with iron absorbency. And I mm -hmm. reduced eating red meat. In fact, I just stopped it all together. I'd been using it once a day. And in one month, I actually had a, I had a prescription for a therapeutic phlebotomy. I went in to do phlebotomy. They tested me uh, before they were going to do the phlebotomy. I was at 50.1, like four weeks later. I dropped it seven mm -hmm. points. So Scott Stevenson's yep. thought was through doing more uh, uh, cardio, I had increased my blood plasma, thus diluting the hematocrit. So, anyway, you could throw that at him, right? Mm. By the way, um, cabbage seems to us fucked off. Yeah, which oh. is why we've got Eve, Eve, we've got Eval Octopus here today because I don't know where the fuck he is. He's disappeared. I well, you did say that he could come over and visit while you were getting ready for stuff. No, I didn't. Yeah, you said he could come visit me. You mentioned that a while back. And why, why would he want to come visit you? Well, because I, you know, you, I give him a little more freedom. I treat him like an adult, you know. No, I mean, he, I can understand he wanted to go and visit the nice Scott, but why would he want to visit the honourable Scott? Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> what are you doing? Look who! Look who came to see me. Oh, right. Okay. I see how it is. Right. Okay. Well, you can keep the two-faced backstabbing green leaf wazzock. Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas cabbage. I'll put him right there. No. You can hang out with me. He's not. He's nothing but an overgrown fucking sprout. Well, he said he's coming back home because he's never been to Jamaica and he really he really wanted to go with you. He's not. He can fuck right off. It's, anyway, it's his birthday soon. Have you got my present? When's his birthday? Christmas, duh. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Listen, let's get back to some some steroid talk here. This isn't Sesame Street after all, Dave. Um, uh, you know, I'd love to go on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. if Can we talk about steroids there? I don't know. Um, wasn't PCT, doesn't it damage your health more than staying on TRT Blast slash Blast? No. <clears throat> let's talk on that. No. Because, you know, you do hear so many people nowadays that are like, you know what? It's healthier just to maintain your test levels right. versus uh, First, go up and down. Like, let's, let's get a few things straight here. If PCT is done correctly and you recover, there is no up and down. It, it is relatively seamless. It's just most people would fuck the PCTs up. Secondly, most people don't TRT correctly because they go straight from a cycle, straight onto TRT, levels stay elevated. God, that's a scary looking picture. <laughs> I had to fix my uh, and, and so they spend a, a fair amount of time of their bridge out of range. Yeah. Um, now, PCT is not health damaging, but it isn't the most pleasant thing to do. I'll give you that. It's emotionally a little bit of a roller coaster and you can feel a bit crappy on it. Yes, granted. But if you think that restoring testicular function and this is all based on the fact that a PCT works. Granted, sometimes it doesn't, and TRT is the only option you have. Yeah. Um, is healthier, is not as healthy as just fucking your lady cells completely, then fine. But it's not. You're wrong. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. PCT yeah. isn't popular but for two reasons. One, it's not the pleasantest thing to do. Two, three reasons, actually. Two, it's fucking expensive to do. And three, every fucker's training and diet's so fucking shit, they're paranoid of coming off gear because they think they're going to lose size. Oh, even if your training's on point and your diet's on point, though, you've worked so hard to get there, I think people are, that you're afraid that you're going to lose it. And look, the reality is, after you've been doing this for quite some time, uh, cycling on and off is a game of three steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. You know, versus staying on a cruise, yeah, you can still like if your diet is shit, then you're not gonna you're not gonna suffer the same losses. But at the same time, if your diet's great, I mean, you're just gonna keep improving faster and faster. So there is a lot of allure to that, you know. I I disagree because I've seen plenty of people that stagnate in progress by staying on, and I've seen mm. plenty of people that take a break and come back and progress further and better because they are healthier, they are fitter, and they're not drug rattled. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot of uh, inter-individuality there. But, but like a, even, a even you said of, yourself, lot, well, like you told us about the Pope uh, um, data. Where, didn't he say, wasn't there information to say that like after eight cycles, you're going to need to be on TRT anyway? Well, I, I, I think that was roughly what it was. Yeah, it's most likely that you will do. But the right. So here's the other thing. Right. And I deal with this every week. There isn't a week go by where I don't have this conversation with somebody. So you start, you'll do your first cycle, you listen to all the bullshit, you do your TRT, even if you ring it spot on. So you keep your doses in range, don't go above, you're a really good boy, which is only a very small percentage of the people that run TRT actually do that, most run out of range. And you do that, say, two years. Right? You're 24, you're having a good laugh, you're shagging about, you then meet someone, you want to settle down with them. Bodybuilding moves on. Yep. Steroid use moves on. 
but it doesn't move on, does it? Because you can't move on because you are now TRD dependent. You're on drugs for the rest of your life. That's a big, that's a big change that you have to adapt to. And it does concern me, the people that are making that decision without even realizing they're making it, you know? The, the thing is, when I'm when I was 21, when I was 23, when I was 23, 24, I didn't give a fuck. But when I got to 40, then it was like, eh, you know what I mean? There's certain choices being taken out of my hands here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is it is difficult, you know, to say to someone who's 21, look, you can do because, it, like you say, you know, a PCT is going to add quite a chunk of change onto you know, the cost of your cycle. Yeah, and it's restrictive. But I have I have plenty of clients that PCT recover well, maintain a decent, if not a large percentage of their gains. A little bit of water drop, a little bit of flatness, yeah, uh, and then they've always got. So if they want to bow out in two years' time, they can do so relatively unscathed. Yeah, but but there's there's not a week goes by I don't tell someone you are now TRD dependent, and their reaction is not positive. No, yeah, because a lot of them didn't have the education to begin with, you know. So it's, I don't have an issue with either one as long as it's done correctly. Yeah. It's a personal choice. My, my problem with it all is, is just be aware of the consequences of your choices. I mean, that's my thing with drugs fall over. You want to take yeah. 10 gram, take fucking 10 gram. Yeah. But don't bitch when there's a problem. I mean... You know, I, I took the piss. I took very high doses. I was well aware of the risks I were taking, and I have problems because of it. That's no one's fault except mine. It's not the drug's fault. It's my fault. Yeah. I did it, and I own it, and I deal with it. And and as long as people are willing to be that accepting of their consequences of their actions, which most people these days aren't, then crack on and do what the fuck you want. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's right up, but it's the, the education. Have the education, right? Yeah. Make it make a decision based on facts, not on what your mate in the gym or some loud mouth online says that actually doesn't have a clue about what they're talking about. Your steroid you know, there's dealer. There's good people out but there's good people out there, you know, and they'll give you good information. And and we all know who they are. It's not like they're hard to fucking find. Well you, if you're watching this podcast enough said. This, right. Yeah, this isn't the show. You want no, to be watching yeah. Scott Scott Stevenson, really. I mean, he's the clever one. <laughs> Matt Blevins, yes. Christmas Cabbage is visiting the United States here just for a short time. He has to get back to the UK, so it's just a, a quick little trip. Um, we do have a bunch of stuff in the live stream here. Um, all right. How about we got this one here? Uh, insulin in a cycle without growth hormone is that an option that can be recommended or not? Or should one rather start with GAH as a standalone and try insulin at a later stage? I like insulin low dose with meals to increase the capability of somebody's food intake. Yeah, that's a great spot. I I like insulin if you want to stick 20, 30 pound on a superficial glycogen and water because you have an event that you want to make an impression at. And that's that's the limit for it with me. Uh, I don't see much use for it outside of that. I think that insulin is really dependent on your body type. If you're somebody, like if I have somebody who has had to diet really hard 
to get to get lean, meaning like we had to go to like a low. They're very like sensitive to carbs in a bad way. They put on fat easily. We have to be careful with cheat meals that, uh, you know, that kind of person is probably not going to be a great candidate for insulin in, in a lot of situations. But if I have somebody who like. We've doubled up on their carbs, and now we've had to add, like, you know, a Gatorade on top of that, and we're doing cheat meals every other day. That guy is probably going to benefit from getting some more insulin in there, and I would use that around training. But I would be I, I would be careful because that guy doesn't – he's not everybody. That guy is, is few and far between a lot of times. You can get fat with insulin whether you're using growth hormone or not. Yeah, I think I think the problem with a, with a lot of people face is they struggle to be honest where they are in themselves. Yeah, um, and I don't mean that as a criticism. I just it, it's very difficult to look at yourself analytically and say, "Well, this is who I am. This is where I, this is my weaknesses. This is my strength," yeah. and not either be over biased one way or another. I mean, a lot of people actually put themselves down far more than they should. Um. And if you can truly look at yourself and be reflective of where you are, then you'll have a much better grasp of what drugs are going to work for you yeah. and what setups and protocols are going to work for you because you're going to be you know, clear and honest about where you are with diet adherence, training adherence, and everything else that goes with it. I'd agree with that. Rich Rich got back to me. Let's see what he says here. Let's see. i got to hit the download button. There we go. So you might I'm going to send you a link to the Stromication website where there are um, some bloods that Dave did actually for a gentleman called Matthew Tofton. Um, and he trialed it and saw a dramatic improvement in hematocrit. I can't remember the exact numbers with his. We regularly will see kind of a 5 point, you know, a 0.56, 0.57 come down to kind of 0.5, 1.52. But it's not just about the reduction in hematocrit that it can give you. So it's a combination of serapeptase, natokinase, uh, a pisogenol, which is a pine bark extract, and um, oxazanol, which is a very cool ingredient that has some other uses. The, the big thing with it, as well as reducing hematocrit, is is this ability to potentially, and I want to I want to surround this with as many potential and maybe adjectives as, as I can. That reduction in clotting factors yes. from the um, serapeptides and the natokinase could allow someone to have slightly higher hematocrit than is normally considered to be the ideal range without it potentially having as much of a risk uh, associated with that as Which you makes sense. normally expect. So but it's far too long and a voice message for you to have played on the show and for that I apologize. So yeah, I've used serapeptice before. When I when I had gotten sick, uh, Serrano had suggested that to help <coughs> potentially avoid clotting because clotting was obviously a concern back then. So I could see that being mm -hmm. beneficial. But you know what I found, man? Even at a low dose of serapeptides, the longer I took it, I started getting like a bloody nose once in a while. And when it started bleeding, dude, it took like 10 minutes to stop. Like my blood got so thin from it. This this is where we as a, a, a group of people struggle. <clears throat> what do you mean? We, we tend to jump on things without fully appreciating the potential contraindications involved with that for for argument's sake like you said serapeptides you were getting to a point where clotting was potentially becoming an issue negatively yeah what people don't realize is if you were then in a road accident at that point that oh, could have actually yeah. ended your life because you can bleed to death internally yeah. i'm on warfarin so 
I'm constantly lectured about the risks of impact injuries mm. and things of that nature because I, I can literally bleed out because I don't clot very well. Uh, that's because of the blood clots I had on my lungs, which I got prior to getting COVID from getting pneumonia and all the rest of the crap that went on a couple of yeah. years ago. Um, so it, it's people go, oh, great, I'll take this. It means I won't. Yeah, but we tend to overcook things. Mm. I've seen I've seen with IP6 people turn themselves anemic. You could, yeah. Lower your it, iron too much. Very, yeah, very, very easily. So it is... It is a it is about the correct application of this stuff and, and that's that's where you've got to be a little bit careful. I think now the which why Rick's been a little bit careful around the subject as well, because you know, you you get to a point where your blood's not clotting and you're actually probably causing as much of a risk as you are with it being the other way. Yeah. Um we see it like Telus Martin's another one. Everyone jumped on Telus Martin, you know, oh, lower yeah. blood pressure. But the contraindications for that drug are quite severe. I mean, in, in certain people, it will fuck your kidneys very, very quickly. Careful, Dave. Uh, and there are still people out there that are part of the Tell Us, tell us tell no, not... Church. And that if you so, say anything bad so about it, they will smite you. About they saying will smite you down. It's not about saying, it's not about saying anything bad about a drug. It's about the <laughs> fact that if you're going to run a compound, you need to do due diligence yeah. with that in regards to its potential contraindications. So with Tillis Martin, you need to check your kidney function. Yeah. And if you're good with it, spot on. But if you're not, you need to know so you can stop using the shit. Supplements uh, and, and so drugs you, alike. I think sometimes it's the supplements that we're like, that's eh, just a supplement. It can only help, right? Some of them are powerful fuckers. They do a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, look at that. Another person is telling us that Dave looks leaner. Great show. Dave is looking leaner. Interested to know his macros in training split. We talked a little bit about that off the air, didn't we? What what are macros? Dave has prepared meals. He, he's I have taking, no fucking clue what macros I'm on. <laughs> you've got, you've got a, 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 um, a meal prep company to make you 202 meals um, as of a month I ago. I did, yes. So. Do you still have any of those meals left? Or did you eat them all? Yes, I did. No, I so <laughs> you ate them all the first week. <laughs> I, I I use fresh prep. Um, you know what? I don't know. See if I can quickly find out what what the the macro breakdown is of a meal. Right. By the way, guys, we're gonna um, break form on this show. I think a little bit. We're doing this for us, so you guys can hang out with us if you want to. Yeah, look, we we do shit for you every week. Fuck off! It's our turn. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's where we're at all right if you don't like it you know where door is see you later see you next week guys <laughs> um oh god this isn't looking good um no it's not it's not helping me at all um this is a different that's a different company okay well listen he also uh, asked about fat bells from rogue and sornex you know what? I don't really give an F as a bodybuilder about training grip strength. I don't want to make a dumbbell harder to pick up. I want to make it as easy as possible so that I can use as much of that energy as possible to grow the intended muscle I'm trying to train. Whether or not my grip is strong, like my forearms have always been, I never thought of forearms as being like a body part that was good on me. 
I've had so many people over the years that were like, dude, you got good forearms. And I think they're still all right nowadays. Not like I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not even training, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, really that's care. masturbation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just my right one for some reason is really big. Left one is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal, man. I don't really I don't really care about impressive grip strength. If I can hold on to the bar. And if I need to use a strap, even that's fine. That's my personal opinion, Dave. What do you think about making sure that your grip is challenged while trying to do bodybuilding I, movements? I think it depends on what you're trying to gain. Now, I think with Alfonso, there's a little bit of functionality in his yeah, training uh, right. or, or in his goals. So if you're looking for functional strength and functionality from your training, then yeah, a grip plays part of that because there's no point being strong if you can't hold on to shit. Yeah. Um, from a point of view of pure bodybuilding, then it's not uber necessary. And I've always had the attitude that if I was training something that required grip, I would allow my grip to be worked to a degree, but not to the point where it was detrimental to the body part I was trying to target. Yeah. So for your back's sake, you know, I would I would stay strap free until the point where I knew I needed to put them on because my grip would fail on that way. And that way, I did influence my grip to some degree. My grip did get some mild training, but it was a secondary focus rather than a primary focus. And I wasn't failing at an exercise because my grip was failing and therefore, right. consequently, not getting enough stimulus to my back. Kyle <coughs> asks us all about hematocrit. He says, hopefully I'm not too late to ask a question. You're not too late to ask a question. But uh, we literally have talked about hematocrit all episodes. So this will be out on uh, Monday. Tune in for that, my friend, because we, we literally explained all of that. Um, I have a question for the next podcast. Oh, we got to think this is a training question. How about that for a change of pace? Um, I'm doing low volume, one to two sets of failure, deliberately tracking my workouts like JP, Yates, Menser. Crossland. What should I do if my <laughs> reps decrease? Should I do another set or should I increase my dosages? LMAO. Love you guys. That's a funny, it's good humor right there. Definitely take more um, if you're getting weaker. So, yeah, the, I mean, the hit thing's a difficult one. I've never, personally, I've never been very successful with it. Just from the point of view, I can never generate the intensity required day in, day out. Um, so, I don't know, really. I mean, I don't like log books. I don't like targeted reps anyway. You're not always going to be as strong as you were the session before, the day before. You know, there's all sorts of things that influence that. Strength will ebb and flow to some degree. Um, I, I would, if he was significantly losing strength, like progressively, then something's very wrong in his scheduling, be it his drugs, his training, or his diet. Something's not working. Um, if he's getting a drop-off on strength on an occasional day, I wouldn't be too concerned as long as you were training to the max of your effort. I look at what Dante had said with DC training, which is, you know, a form of high-intensity training, he, and mm -hmm. if you're progressively, if you're not able to progress, he would have you switch exercises. And I think that that's mm -hmm. a great route. One of the things I like about switching exercises is that 
you know, we we set expectations up for ourselves, especially when we have a logbook and we're like, this is what I'm capable of doing. This is what I'm going to achieve plus one or, you know, whatever, plus a pound. And I think that it can it can be good to step outside of that with a different exercise, get into a groove with that one, challenge yourself with that. And then when that no longer progresses, then switch back to the first. That's one thought. The other thought is, is I would look at my frequency. Did you need another rest day? I think the deeper I got into progression, the more rest I needed. I started out literally push pull legs, everything training twice a week. And at my absolute strongest, I was training like once every three days, like, and I was fucking strong as hell, but I could only repeat that. So often I couldn't go back in and do that again, two days later, you know, I think as you get more experience, what you find is that you get more efficient as to therefore you need less stimulus to get the same result. The, the thing I don't like about logbooks is that they set you up to fail. I guess it depends on how you look at it, because I know what you mean. Well, the, you can't progress every week. It's never going to happen. You, If you could put on a pound or a rep every week on every lift, then you would continually PB. Once yeah. you're at your limit, you would continually PB. You can't do that. But so that, and, and so to a degree, logbooks can set you up for disappointment, or they can start pushing you into cheating form and and slackening in other areas to get the results but like say exercise wise i used to a very rarely changed exercise but i changed exercise order that's a great yeah that too so if i was benching first or doing a pressing movement first i might go and say you know what no i'm gonna do an isolation movement first and then press later yeah and then i'd I'd, I'd maybe a month or two of that and then i'll swap back to the original format and see if i progressed yeah yeah, a, that can be, a, I think, a great way of doing it, too. It, it still can be a little tricky because I've had people do that and then they still come back disappointed. They're like, well, I put squats later in the workout and I still wasn't able to do what I, I was like. Well, of course, you weren't able to do what you were able to do before. You just did a whole bunch more work. And they're like, yeah, but so they still have that mental connection to that exercise, the, the ego. You know what I mean? But I, I was doing three plates before, you know. Nick makes a very valid point. Disappointment, difficulty can be motivation for some. It's crippling, and that is very, very true. And the other thing is, like you say, JP, from a point of view of training adherence, is a very unique individual. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of discipline to be able to to be able to do that. You know. Speaking of which, we got to get Nick Weary on. He's the competitive eater that we're we're supposed to do a podcast with. Remember that story? Yeah, he's supposed to be eating my diet. Yeah, we got to do that soon. I got, so he needs to pull his finger out, Nick. Stop slacking. It's it's really my fault. We I didn't set it up with you. He's ready to go. Like he's eat. Put it this way: Nick's going to eat a lot of food every day anyway, whether we do it on the show or not. It's just a matter of putting a camera in front of him. You know what I'm saying? So what you're saying is, as usual, you've let the side down. Always, as always, Dave. Yeah. So, uh, people, there is a job going. If you want to run a podcast, please submit in writing <laughs> to. I'm better than Scott.com. You know what? I'm not going to say anything about that. Instead, here's my comeback. We got an important question for the show, guys. Um, can you and Dave go in depth about how Dave used SEO? Was it all gear? Synth oil? Is it worth it? Dave, was all the SEO you used and still continually use to this day for your biceps, Was it? Is it worth it? <laughs> 
I have used Synthol. I injected it in my calves when I was 22, I think. Come on, what time this morning did you use your Synthol, Dave? Uh, I I was told by Gary Giovanni actually, um, brought me this bottle of this shit and said, if you stick this in your muscle, it causes it to grow from sight injection. So I <laughs> stuck it in my calves. For some reason at the time, I was obsessed with big calves. Yeah. Uh, I stuck it in my calves. I didn't walk for about a week. (laughs) (laughs) And I never touched it again. I've been accused of sinful on my arms for years. It it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, think what you want. I don't care. But I've I've never used SEOs apart from that occasion with my calves. But I did sight. I've always sighted. I always, I've, I've throughout my bodybuilding and cycle use, I was doing bicep and tricep shots. Yes. And, and that's as far as it went. Um, I just, I, I do appear to be very genetically gifted when it comes to building big arms. And it makes more sense that you'd use arms when they're like other people. It'd be like the size of somebody else's. You have big arms. So if you have like a 26 inch, was it 26 inch arm? 26 and a half. I mean, it's even like that's now. That's like someone else using um, their quad. It just makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've still got a big arm today. It's not strong. But it, my biceps have, have never been strong. They've never been particularly hmm. powerful. Um, but for some reason, and don't ask me why, when I was 15, training in the basement, picked up my first set of dumbbells, I did a, a bicep curl, but I did it incredibly strictly. And I've always done them that way ever since. I've never changed that. Yeah, and I've, it worked. I've never, I've never, yeah, I've never been able to swing bicep curls. I've never been able to do cheat rep curls. I could curl a strict barbell curl. And if I did a cheat rep, the weight didn't go up any. It was the same weight. I couldn't do any more. I, I don't know why, whether it's just that programming from very early days of just being very strict with arm training, but I've always been the same. Even now, it's, you know, tricep pushdowns this morning, all the way back up to the delt. Elbow's not moving an inch. It's tight, it's in, it's strict, and it's down. I still do them like that now. Hmm. Never changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. That's the answer. Let's give this guy some advice. David, David Single. He says, hey, Scott, question for the next episode with Dave. I've recently been in a long growth phase, the heaviest I've ever been in good body comp. Very happy with the progress. But recently, I've noticed that I've been getting sick frequently. During this 16-week cycle, I've had COVID, a long, drawn-out cold, and now the flu. I'm in the first week of dropping down to a cruise of 175 milligrams of test per week, dropping from 750 milligrams on cycle. Um, Have you ever heard of high testosterone levels weakening the immune system? My diet is relatively clean. 80-20, I'd say. My girlfriend works in a hospital, and she sent me an article about it. Just curious about your thoughts. Have Have any of you experienced a long spell of getting sick? If so, did you do anything that helped prevent you from getting sick? Yes. Uh, prolonged exposure to, to, to testosterone or, or anabolics in general yeah. creates, a level, creates a level of stress. Training creates a level of stress. Yes. Growing. I don't think people realize how stressful growing is on the body. Yeah. If you're growing at an accelerated rate, you will be fucking tired and you'll be tired all the time. 
Um, so all these factors do put a large amount of strain on the body, the body's systems, its support mechanisms and everything else. And as a result, your reserves and ability to repel viruses and infections is lowered. Yes, it is. Because your whole body is inflamed, it's stressed, it's diverting energy to recovery and growth. It doesn't have enough to go around. It's as simple as that. So you will get prone. It, generally, what I've found is that when you start now, unfortunately, having COVID does make it a little bit different because COVID does tend to hang around. It does tend to leave us with problems for quite a period of time afterwards. Not everybody, but it is quite commonplace. But in general, if I find sort of 10 weeks into a cycle, I was getting illness and repetitive illness and I just constantly wasn't getting better, mm-hmm. I would just cut the cycle, stop. I'd stop, go to a cruise or come off and then have another run at it when I felt fresh and better again. Because it's basically your body saying, look, I need a break. Yeah. I need some downtime. You know, take, take some pressure off me. Let me fix myself and then we can go again. Yeah, one thing I can think of offhand that could have a huge relationship here well okay so there is research to show number one with covid that symptoms will be worse for somebody that is on high androgens i specifically have an article it showed it cited steroid users and it cited it cited uh that men who were balding had greater symptoms than uh, other men. So that's where they started seeing like, oh, maybe guys with like higher DHT, higher androgens. They started looking into it and they discovered that women that are on anti-androgens had lower symptoms. So there's that. Um, uh, That aside, just getting sick in general, uh, testosterone and, and anabolic androgenic steroids deplete vitamin D. So your vitamin D levels are definitely going to be a direct relationship to your immune system. So there's that as well. I did a contest prep that lasted a long time, man. Like I started dieting in February once, 2017. Dieted in February, started. First show was in July. Then then uh, September, October, and November competed. I wasn't done with the diet until November. And I've been on some level of gear through that whole thing. I ended up finding like I was just falling asleep at random points. I thought it was my thyroid being fucked. Turned out it was my vitamin D levels. I had depleted the D so low. I ended up starting vitamin D then that first day, like I felt alert and and I felt better ever since. So that's one thing to, to highly consider, especially people on testosterone need more vitamin D than your average person. So I'd throw that at you on top of everything you're saying, Dave. What's vitamin D? Don't you mean vitamin D? Vitamin. No, vitamin. Oh, we got a question. I can't no, remember didn't. where making, it was. No, you're making it up. He had said, English is my third language. Have I been pronouncing longevity wrong this whole time? After we recorded with uh, uh, with Nate Styles, How do you say that word, Dave, longevity? As you say it, longevity. You said longevity. Did I? Oh, it was a slip of the tongue. Oh, I thought it was a British thing because you're like longevity. No, 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 no <laughs> longevity. It's, okay, it's just me being a dumb fuck. The other thing as well, by the way, going back into immune, uh, yeah. you'll, you'll we know we notice a lot that neutrophils are low in mm. AAS users. Um, test flu is an immune response to the hormone entering your body. Okay, so if your body's constantly triggering neutrophils um, because of anabolic use, it will not keep up. 
it will not be able to sustain that level of neutrophils, and as a result, neutrophils will drop low. Hmm. Um, so straight away, then, you are weakening your immune system directly there. It doesn't happen with everybody, but it is quite common. You do see it a lot. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. People really like the question where I asked you about what animal would you be? Hmm. We had people who answered their own answers to that. Dave, if you could move to anywhere in the world and live there, and you guys would, like, you know, you and Shoshana would still, like, do your thing, you just live your life and all that, but you're in a new place, where would you be? Now, am I living there as in I have to work there and earn a living, or am I living there as in I am financially secure? You could... You could do your job you're currently doing, and nothing would change. You're just living in a different spot. Hmm. I don't know because I don't think I've seen enough of the world to really to really say. Hmm. I mean, I like Canada, um, apart from the French speaking spit, but that's only because I don't speak French. Um, I don't like France, but again, I don't speak French. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I, I do love Iceland. It's mad and fucking crazy out there, but I do love Iceland. I hear it's expensive there. Like, everything's... Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is very... When did you go to Iceland? Um, been a few times. Damn. That's like the crazy... It looks like a dream, dude. Like, when you see penguins and glaciers and lava all on the same day, that's a... Like, that is a dreamscape. They're, they're all a little bit bonkers over there, but yeah. I've got a couple of good friends over there. Yeah, I've yeah. got a couple of good friends over there. Um, yeah, I did a seminar at Magnus for Magnuson's gym. Um, and Magnus is a really nice guy. Um, Iceland's Iceland's a bit weird because it's quite it's quite a developed country in the sense you know they've got very high tech levels, very high salaries. You know, there's there's nothing backward about Iceland in the slightest sense whatsoever. Yeah. But because it's so small, it's like we drove past a house and we went, oh, yeah, Prime Minister lives there. Huh. You know, it's just, it's just all right, it's a nice house, but it's, it's not it's not, it's not the White House. You know what I mean? It's just a house, a, a driveway. It's, and that's the weird thing about it is people literally know, you know, they'll bump into the minister of whatever department in the shop because it's such a small population. Huh. Um, I mean, very, very more Reykjavik. Reykjavik's a city of two halves. There's a very, very modern city, and then there's a very old city as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Iceland. It's, it's a mad place, but I do love it. Um, did, 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 were there know. Vikings? Were there Vikings in Iceland? Yeah, they there were. Um, I mean, true Vikings or Danish and all that end, but okay. uh, they were. Yeah. I don't know, mate. I mean, I quite like geographically where i am not yeah. not generally a fan of the english people but <laughs> um, probably not a fan of you either dave so there's that that's that's, that's very true they, i they i would dave be very out of the city. happy they chased dave out of the village with torches guys i just want to torches and week. pitchforks yeah it happened last yeah. week i want to tell you but i i I, I would be very happy to be remote. I do love nature. I do love scenery. I'm very appreciative of... It's like where we are now, we get amazing sunrises. Yeah, you do. I've and seen the I, pictures. I'll get back from the gym, generally just as the sun's coming up. Uh, and I usually... I'll just sit in the car for five minutes or else if it's not too cold. Put your gun down, Scott. We don't need a gun. 
and I'll just stand and watch that. And I, 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 I take great pleasure in that. I do enjoy that sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think I'm, I'm, I'm very happy in my own company. I'm very happy being isolated. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. Uh, and I do like dramatic scenery. So. Victoria got invited to speak in Australia next summer. So we're going to go out there. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see never, that. Never been. I sort of would like to go, but there's lots of bitey, killy things over there. Guys, who do you think would win in a fight between Dave and two average-sized kangaroos? Kangaroos, without doubt. They're <laughs> fucking hard bastards. <laughs> two small kangaroos. How about who do you think would win in a fight, guys? Dave or two small, two joeys? Two that? wallabies. Two wallabies. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's all we have. Uh, but I did get, thankfully, that important question in at the end of the episode. Uh, guys, uh, if you want to you know, hear more from Dave, you can uh, check out the Pillars of Strength uh, seminar that he does. You know, you'll be setting another one of those up coming in the new year, right? Yes, I will. Probably second week in January, I'd love to start. I'll start advertising a couple of weeks time. All right. Reach out to Dave. Uh, you can go to uh, crosslands.org.uk. Reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Let us know if you want any help with coaching, stuff like that. And, uh, of course, go to our great sponsors. We mentioned Strom. I mean, they have, uh, is it Thrombomax is the product we're talking mm -hmm. about today? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anybody tries that and you do see results, you get your lab work done, I would be very interested to hear what your results were uh, with lowering hematocrit. Also check out, of course, True Nutrition, our title sponsor. Use our code THINK. Get some good savings over there. Supplementsource.ca for our Canadian folk. And, of course, Patreon. Appreciate everybody over at Patreon. You guys are doing a heck of a job helping me to continue making this thing happen. Oh, and evalbloodanalysis.com. Yes, Dave? Stay on afterwards. All right. I, I will. Do you mean like turn this off so that people can't hear me talk what you're going to say? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do that. All right, guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff, leave us questions for the next show. We will see you soon. <coughs>